The Week in Bible Prophecy, a Prophecy Watchers podcast. Well, welcome, JB. Here we are. This is great. Love it. Can't wait to, to, to talk about what we're going to talk about. And you get to be the first one. So we've uh, been talking about starting this podcast for a long time and uh, expanding the, the outreach of Prophecy Watchers. And so here you are as a guest. We're, we, we, will, we will do another uh, section on your book. But since you're here, I really, for us, we, we love the pre-tribulation rapture. We're dedicated to it. And so I thought it'd be fitting to start this first uh, podcast because tell me your thoughts on this, this myth, what I call this myth that refuses to die. The idea that the preacher rapture started with either Margaret MacDonald or Darby in the early 1800s. You know, I mean, you've written a lot on this. Let's talk. Yeah, so it's, it is truly, uh, you know, the, the myth that won't die. People just keep bringing it up. They hear about it on the Internet, which is just a you know, great source for a lot of misinformation. Yeah. And, uh, but the fact of the matter is it has been widely debunked. Uh, you can trace, and I had to do this in my doctoral studies, a uh, belief in a two-phase return of Christ once for the church, once to come all the way and inaugurate the kingdom. You can trace that back in every century, all the way back to the first century apostles. So uh, what happened with uh, Darby and in the, you know, coming out of the Reformation in the 19th century, uh, when people could start reading their Bibles again without being burned at the stake and the, and the Bible started being proliferated because of the printing press, uh, then people started connecting the dots and understanding, oh, I see, yeah, the Christ is going to come once for the church, the mystery of the rapture, something previously unrevealed, and then he's going to come again all the way to the earth. They saw the clear distinction through the plain, normal meaning of the text between the circumstances surrounding Christ's return in the air with his return to the earth. And so, yeah, Darby popularized what is now known as the dispensational understanding of Scripture, uh, and he, you know, he, with the help of Schofield and some of the Niagara Bible Conferences, the whole Bible Conference movement, uh, schools like Moody and, and, and uh, PCB or Philadelphia College of the Bible, uh, began to proliferate it. But to, to claim somehow that dis, the dispensational pre-tribulational understanding of the rapture originated in the 1800s with Darby, uh, even Margaret MacDonald didn't believe in really a pre-trib rapture, and that's who they claim, you know, poisoned Darby with this crazy notion. No, no, she was she was not pre-trib. So the whole every aspect of that notion that Darby listened to some demon-possessed lady who got who filled him with lies about is, is just debunked, and it's it's frankly embarrassing that anybody would continue to to teach that or think that. You know, as 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 you mentioned, you get on the internet and. And it's just, you, you, you come to, sometimes you get frustrated. I try not to be frustrated, yeah. but you go, you need to do some homework. And so, again, they've heard something, and then, you know, they, they're writing to us. And, I, and, and I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. That's what love does, right? It, it believes. And so you think, okay, and they're trying to enlighten us. Didn't you know? And we're like, I said, hey, we covered this, you know. And, of course, now you've had the work of Tommy Ice, uh, Dr. Tommy Ice, where he's, he wrote about 35 different pre-Darby instances. We have William Watson's book, mm -hmm. Dispensation Before Darby, which is a great book as well, uh, highlighting some of the Puritan stuff. But then Lee Brainer comes along, and he's doing now this original research in the Greek, which nobody's looking at because it hasn't been translated in English. And he's finding at least a dozen more showing that this was a common or at least somewhat common viewpoint in the early church. Oh, yeah, no question. Again, like I said, every century you can find passing references to people who 
had access to the scripture and were understanding it dispensationally from a pre-trib viewpoint. It's just, that's not in dispute. So that's why the facts just don't measure up to those who, who teach this myth. And it's frustrating because, you know, we live in this age of pride. One of the things I talk about in my new book series is the spirit of pride. And these, un, you know, unstudied so-called self-proclaimed experts will just mock you. They'll, they'll yeah. di- you know, be dismissive. I'll be speaking at conferences and people in the audience during the Q&A will raise their hand and say, well, you know, of course, that your view, Dr. Hickson, is based on a demonic blah, blah, blah from Darby. And I just want to get, I get so frustrated. I try to be gracious, yep, but I just want to go, gracious, yeah. you just embarrassed yourself, uh, brother. So I think the bottom line is our views always need to be based on and defended by Scripture. Now, if, we're, if we can't defend them in Scripture, okay, there's room for debate. But don't make up these lies about the origin of our view and, and claim that it's debunked. Well, that begs the other question, too, because uh, I think it fits in with an analogous perspective in that, well, clearly you guys shouldn't believe in the Trinity because, or, because the Word doesn't appear and it was formulated in the 4th century. Or, yeah. how, you know, from, a, from a, let's say, a Roman Catholic view, can't believe you guys are believing in this, this salvation by faith alone because that originated in the, in the 16th century. And you're going, at the end of the day, hermeneutics isn't yeah. a chronological marker. Right. It's, is it in the Bible or not? Right. Yeah, church history is important, but it's not the final say in the matter. You know, obviously, studying church history, and that's your field of expertise. You want to you wanna know kind of where the church has been and, and so forth. But the ultimate arbiter of truth is what does God's yeah. Word say? And so, yeah, I mean, you think back to the, the, the references to the two-phased return of Christ throughout the last 2,000 years. Of course, they're going to be a minimal, and there are going to be fewer of those because you had a period of Roman Catholic dominance where the kingdom was in place, the Pope was the king, and ever since you know Augustine and and Origen, mm-hmm. you know that you had this shift in thinking that the Bible is to be taken spiritually and allegorically rather than literally, grammatically, yeah. historically, and so yeah, no no argument that the prevailing view. Yeah, up nope. until yep. the you know 19th century was an amillennial perspective, but uh, it's it's what does the Bible say is the key. I think it's uh, when you look at when you think about the reformers, um, you know, 16th, 17th centuries. That I think about them in terms of they're doing their dead level best without dying, trying to rescue the gospel as it relates to soteriology, and I think if and they were very uh, what what I try to always focus on is hey, these guys had great hermeneutics when it came to salvation. That's what rescued them from, again, the, the, more of the, the symbolic nature of all the things that you come from the medieval church. So once they come do this, you're like, man, they didn't go the next step and to take that same hermeneutic of soteriology and put it on eschatology. Yeah. And they weren't even perfect in their soteriology. Agreed, right? agreed. Yeah. I mean, Martin Luther didn't believe James was in the Bible because <laughs> yeah. he didn't understand the meaning of the word sozo and doesn't always mean eternal salvation. In fact, 58% of the time it's used in Scripture, it refers to temporal, physical deliverance. deliverance. Or mm-hmm. so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, but, you know, but they didn't really address eschatology because theology happens in a culture and a context. And as you said, they were dealing with centuries of, of influence of a sort of an amillennial perspective. So, 
you know, and immediate per persecution. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention the <laughs> fact that there was a lot riding on what yep. they said and wrote. So, yeah, I think it took time after the Reformation for the general public to begin to really read Scripture in its plain, normal sense and arrive at what God's Word has taught all along, a pre-tribulation rapture. Yeah, yeah, we have not only the Bible, which is the most important thing, but we have, again, as you mentioned in your doctoral thesis, that we have the historical perspective going back that this idea isn't anything new. No, so, not at all. I hope it dies, and it, but again, I don't think so. I think we're going to be continuing to have this discussion, and, and we will continue to show that that whole view is just has no merit. No, none, none. Amen. Yep. Reading the daily headlines requires a strong constitution. Life seems to get a little more bizarre every day. Our world seems to be increasingly controlled by a small group of so-called elites who make the rules, most of the time against the will of the people. The internet, satellites, and government systems of control have created a surveillance society where our every move is tracked and analyzed. Open borders, trillions of dollars in debt, gender confusion, rampant crime, homelessness, media corruption. Can America survive all of this? Prophecy Watchers exists to warn people of these perilous times and to help people understand that the things happening today were spoken of by Jesus and the prophets some 2,000 years ago. So don't be discouraged. God has made a way for us to escape this impending disaster. J.B. Hickson's two books, The Spirit of the Antichrist, Volumes 1 and 2, may be the most explosive books we've ever offered. Each volume is available for your gift of $30 or more, with shipping included anywhere in the USA. When you purchase both volumes in The Spirit of the Antichrist package for $60 or more, highly recommended, we'll send you a free bonus book by Ron Rhodes. Jesus in the End Times, What He Said and What the Future Holds. If video is your preferred choice, JB has produced 18 studies on 10 DVDs. His complete DVD set and the bonus book are available for your gift of $60, with shipping included anywhere in the USA. If you'd like all three books, plus the 10 DVDs, the Spirit of Deception package is available for your gift of $100. Place your order 24-7 or visit our website at prophecywatchers.tv. People have questions about the future, and JB's books and DVDs have the answers we're all looking for. He warns us of things to come, but just like Jesus, he shows us a way to escape. Call that number on your screen today and support the important work at Prophecy Watchers. I'd love for you to join us at our upcoming Prophecy Conference in sunny Orlando, Florida, March 2nd through the 5th, just a few short weeks away. Join us in person or through our worldwide live streaming feed. Well over a thousand people will be joining us from America and from all over the world. So visit prophecywatchers.com and click on the banner to register for this exciting conference.